feeding can be one of the hardest challenges. And if you conquer it, man, you feel like I deserve some kind of medal for this. I think all women that conquer that breastfeeding challenge feel that way, but doubly so with two. That's quite an incredible feat to achieve. The thought of leaving the house gave me horrendous panic attacks, but also the thought of my partner leaving and being home all day was like equally terrifying of how am I going to do this? One of the lovely things that I've said to dads is instead of sitting there with bottles, breaking your back and wrists, trying to feed the baby's face on, get in that pillow and lean back and have those babies there and have that whole experience. That sleep when the baby sleeps doesn't happen unless you've miraculously managed to get both babies to sleep on the same schedule. Welcome to this episode of the Parental Wellbeing Podcast. Joining me today is Georgie Manning. Welcome, Georgie. Thank you. And our topic today is twins. So Georgie clearly is a mum of twins. Georgie, the first thing I ask anyone that comes onto the show is... Tell me a little bit about yourself and your parental journey. So I have four children, a nearly 16-year-old, as he likes to remind me, <laughs> a 12-year-old, and then twin girls who are five and have just started school. And we have a big age gap. So it's been interesting parenting at very young age, at 19, when I had my first one, and then redoing that process again at 30. So I think I have a fairly good cross-section of what it's like <laughs> to be a parent, boys and girls and twins and singles. After having the girls, I had some mental health struggles and found that really tough having twins. And through that work, got heavily involved in my twin club, Wellington Multiples, and joined the committee and was very quickly elected president and oh, wow. started coordinating the international classes and then now vice president of multiples New Zealand and coordinate the national international classes. So I feel big passion for what twin parents go through. I don't want anyone to feel like I felt and I oh, think I'm driven every day by the need to make sure that it's not anyone else's reality. So yeah, our house is crazy, but full of joy. <laughs> And love and laughter. <laughs> it's great that you were able to seek that support when you needed to. Yeah. And the fact that, as you say, you've got that passion to just help others now. Yeah. And on a national basis as well. Yeah. To even find that time to do that. <laughs> I don't know how you do it, but um, <laughs> a knee jerk response. I think. <laughs> no time. I'll fill it with a thousand and one other things. <laughs> Let's go back to when you had your twins. You said they're five now. Yeah. What was your first reaction when you found out that you were having twins? So I think most, like most people, we found out we were having twins at that that first scan. And for us, that was about six or seven weeks. I had left the room quickly and came back in. And in the meantime, my partner had said to the ultrasound tech, oh, do you get many people having twins? Gosh, that would be awful. (laughs) And so when they put the scanner back on me, And and I knew what I was looking at, but I wasn't sure if anyone else did. And I kept quiet and the ultrasound tech was going, hmm, hmm. And I thought something was wrong, but it was just, she was terrified of what my partner's response was going to be, which was in the end, oh, we're going to need a minivan now, aren't we? I think I squeezed his hand reassuringly and it was a cold dead fish in, in my hand. So I think shock, definitely, followed by excitement of, oh, this is like, such a privilege like you don't get to choose to have twins so there was definitely excitement of 
wow, that's going to be amazing. But we were going for one more. It was a shift. But I think we very quickly were like, the older children, the boys have moved beyond that, wanting to sit down and play in that way. So it means that this child won't feel like an only child because now they'll have a little buddy. Yeah, there was definitely excitement. And then just questions. So many questions about what do we do? What do we need to buy? How do we prepare for this? I'd convince Brian that if we have one more, that babies are easy. They can sleep in a drawer if we need it to. It won't cost that much money. I very quickly had to eat my words. (laughs) We started looking at double buggies. Yeah, double of everything. And just touching on that, I will be asking you about how you do prepare. But before that, when you're pregnant with twins, that comes with additional risks and complications. So can you just explain a little bit about the risks of twins? Yeah. So first, the first thing they start talking about when you're very green and don't understand anything is the zygosity of your twins. So are they die-die, which typically has meant fraternal, but not always. There's growing research to show that some eggs split really early on and can be identical. But so die-die means that they've got placenta each and an amniotic sac each. And then you could be modi or momo. And that means that there's either one placenta and two sacs or they're both sharing a placenta and both sharing an amniotic sac. And so they're finding that out because the risks increase from die towards momo. If both babies are sharing a sac and a placenta, that's considered the highest risk. There's things like twin-to-twin transfusion syndrome, so they can one baby can steal all the goodies from the other baby and get really big while the other one gets really small. So I guess they bombard you with that and you think, oh my goodness. For us, the girls would die-die, so it's one of the lower lowest risk of the high-risk twin pregnancy. But I think even when they slap that high-risk label on, you're just thinking, oh my goodness. <laughs> I how am I going to do this? And you have all that that added worry. And yeah, you know that you're going to get a lot bigger, a lot quicker. And they're immediately talking about you're not going to go to 40 weeks. So you're starting to think about how early am I having these babies? Are we going to have a NICU stay? Yeah, there are a lot of those worries in the air and there's no real, no one can give you a concrete of what's going to happen. So you basically just go in for scans all the time. I felt like I was there's having another full-time job going to a midwife and then you go into obstetric care as well and then each time you're having a scan in between once a month which which is quite a massive increase on what most people have the two scans that you might get or one scan that you might get and towards the end you're going for two weekly or one weekly scans to check baby's growth and make sure that's all fine. Great to have that support though. That that everything's going the way it should be or that anything untoward has been picked up. It gets picked up pretty quickly. Yeah, Yeah, it's pretty incredible. I know it can be tricky for mums of twins to keep a midwife if they've managed to find one. Lots of midwives don't take on twin pregnancies there is a bit of a worry about that but the community obstetric team is pretty amazing at making you feel safe and giving you all of the answers so you're saying there are obviously some challenges and some risks but yeah people are generally well supported yeah I think you're well supported and, and so while you're going through this pregnancy and getting your head around oh there's going to be two and not one you're then having to, and you touched on it before, prepare. Yeah. So how do you prepare for having twins? 
Cool. We have a really beautiful national resource in the Multiples New Zealand Facebook page. So very quickly, you have a Google and realize that there's this whole community out there and there's parents on there that have 30 and 40 year old twins that are still active in the community. You go on there and say, what's the best pram to buy? And then you get a thousand responses of, I've looked at this one, but I think a lot of it is worrying, will this fit through doorway? And will this fit in the back of my car? How will I hold to? How will I carry to? I think that's the biggest one that comes up for most parents is how will I physically hold these two babies? And so, yeah, it's getting your head around what things can I have in my house to make life easier? How am I going to bath to? So the cost starts creeping up quite astronomically. Thankfully, around the country, there's a lot of local twin clubs and many of them have an equipment storage hire kind of thing where parents have donated it or the clubs bought it and you can just go and borrow it and either try before you buy it or just use it for the entire time that you need it. And we definitely tapped into that a lot, which was amazing because there's just so many things you have to buy. I think while you're pregnant, there's so many people come up to you because you have an increasing size. You become quite the spectacle. And so people come up and offer you all of their advice. And you find out everyone that has ever had twins, you'll get little old ladies saying, my cousin's nephew's brother's sister's <laughs> uncle's wife was a twin. And this is what they did. You are never short on advice. You get a little bit of that when you have one, but it's more than doubles when you have twins on board, let alone triplets or, or quads on board. You get very good at nodding and smiling and having answers ready to go. But yeah, it's lots of researching. And you mentioned, how am I going to hold two babies? So my question to you is, how do you feed two babies? Yeah, so tandem feeding is, is the big one that people want to know about. There are a lot of incredible Hello, contraptions that help. And during antenatal class, we demonstrate a couple of them so people can get their heads around it because some will work for some people and not others. If you're quite petite, most people need this tabletop thing sitting in front that's quite firm. Other people prefer one that goes around the back and clips in the front. But I'm talking something that's massive. <laughs> it's almost half my height and it's, it's to sit on your couch for this entire time. And you may not be intending to breastfeed or you may be worried about your ability to breastfeed two babies. So we talk a lot in international class about the fact that it is possible, it absolutely is possible, but there's a lot of support within the community for combination feeding or there's different options that you might have to try or a lot of us end up expressing because we have preterm babies and so the effort for that baby to breastfeed, they're not getting the calories that they would gain from the meal. So um, so you're encouraged to do top-ups from the get-go, really. And I think because of that, there's lots of babies that do a combination of bottle-fed and breastfed. So it's nice for support people, dads and stuff, that they get to be a little bit more involved. But if you are breastfeeding them and trying to tandem feed them, there's an element of just surrendering to that being somewhat chaotic. I remember having single babies that I could walk around the mall and I think I was quite a successful breastfeeder. I found it quite easy. I felt really lucky. That wasn't a difficult journey for me. And I could do the hoovering with a baby on an oh. arm or something. But for me, when I had twins, it was really difficult because I didn't have that freedom of movement because 
you're so desperately trying to get them on the same schedule throughout the day so that you can have some time where you are able to shower or have a cup of tea. So the tandem feeding is, yes, we're going to conquer this. And parents are like, we've got to get this done. But it involves being flipped into this pillow and then loading both babies on and then just sitting and altering position and things like that. But I think for the most part, just sitting there and not being able to get up and answer the phone or the door or attend to the cat that's bought a burden or anything like that, you just, you're quite stuck in that for me, a busy sort of person found that really tough. And and I think there's added challenges because the world is not designed for you to go out and breastfeed twins in public. So meeting your friends for a coffee or going out for lunch is just, well, what will I do? How will I feed these babies if I'm out and about? So you, then you end up feeding one at a time while one inevitably cries and some poor friend is jiggling them on their knee and then suddenly they're out of sync again and there goes your routine out the window for the day. So I think feeding can be one of the hardest challenges. And if you conquer it, man, you feel like I deserve some kind of medal for this. I think all women that that conquer that breastfeeding challenge feel that way, but doubly so with two. It's quite an incredible feat to achieve. We introduced a, a bottle feed fairly early on, about six months, I think. Because by the end of the night, I was just so touched out. <laughs> I cannot be touched anymore. I've been stuck in this spot yes. all day. So I'd hand off to my partner and say, your turn. I need, I need to go and have a shower. But I will say one of the lovely things that I've said to dads is instead of sitting there with bottles, breaking your back and wrists, trying to feed the baby's face on, get in that pillow and lean back and have those babies there and have that whole experience. And I think the men go, oh, actually, this is quite lovely. <laughs> yeah, they've generally taken that on board. Yeah, I think so. I think there's an element of when you're parenting twins that having a support person, be it dad or partner or having a sister or mum or someone close by it's, yeah there are mums that do it on their own and I absolutely take my hats off to them because being outnumbered with little babies is really hard but there's definitely a space for a support person or another parent to to dive in deep with twins and be really involved in that way and help mums out. You mentioned for some parents that are doing this alone and so whether it's entirely alone but even for some mums where spouses might work 12 hours a day and you are home alone with these twins how do you manage if routines aren't there and one of them's upset how like on a practical day-to-day basis how do you manage again surrender to the chaos I think I know a few people that have parented alone either because like you say the dad's doing night shift and so they do that really hard part at the end of the day when you're super mega exhausted and you just want to go to bed they're doing that bath bedtime kind of thing by themselves or they're just solo parenting all the time and for myself my partner was working during the day so that you are alone and outnumbered during the day it is tricky and really exhausting I don't know that there's any life hack answers I think tapping into your community as much as possible for me going to play groups joining play center having people on the other end of the phone was really important and people that want to come to you because getting out of the house can be a real challenge I think 
you just have to form that community. You're forced to. And people get really clever with wearing one baby while they do something with the other. Having them playing on the floor is ideal if you can. But there's lots of conversation around. Sometimes you have to let one cry and kind of triage the situation and go, who needs me the most? And I think that's an unseen thing about being a twin parent is that constantly having to choose and it doesn't go away when they stop being babies <laughs> even with five-year-old twins if one decides to run towards the swimming pool and one runs towards the car park you have to decide which one you're gonna chase after mm. so it, it's just tough and I think forming friendships with with other parents is an absolute godsend when you're when you're in the trenches so mm. to speak and if you go to the park just saying can you come with me yeah, it's the only way, really, because you only have two hands. That's it. And on, on that note, if you are going to a park mm. or you are going to the supermarket and you are on your own, how do you even prepare for that when you're still a pretty new parent? <laughs> what do you need to take? What do you need to do? What do you need to be That's... conscious of? You mentioned double buggies, and I don't know if you can get double buggies through a supermarket. Yeah, it's, everything just takes longer. And I think for me, that was a big part of the, the mental health struggle the anxiety was thinking okay I have to plan this out every little thing so I need two of everything that you would normally have with a baby and that requires an enormous bag that I'm going to have to carry that's heavier than normal and gosh if you're bottle feeding that means you're carrying water weight on you as well there's multiple bottles so you've got your you've got your regular bag times two and then you may be carrying two capsules with these sort of strong man yes. arms. I die. Such great guns when I was <laughs> carrying two caps. But yeah. The strongest I've ever been. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> you might baby wear them quite often, like a ring sling for one or a front pack for one baby while the other one's just on your hip is a handy thing. I know that my local supermarket got twin trolleys about a year after I'd had twins and it was like hallelujah and now I don't have to as you say negotiate a twin pram mm. through the supermarket while pushing a trolley because you still have to get a week's worth of groceries That's right yeah there's just so much to pack there's a lot of weight that you're carrying both physically and emotionally you you will just be carrying them a lot the double buggies don't fit everywhere and they're not fit for purpose. I know that the Southern Cross in Wellington is a cafe that do it. Awesome mums and bums morning, but it's the one set of doors in the whole city that I've not been able to get my mountain oh, buggy so through. Right. <laughs> so you have to pause it, find some good looking person on the street, <laughs> run inside, ask them to unlock the other door so that they can open it, run back out. I don't think anything can fully prepare you. Everyone will have their own little life hacks and things that they do but the reality is that you will end up carrying twice as much baby plus twice as much of their stuff and there's not really any way to cull it down so I, I didn't go out a lot because I just found the whole thing really arduous knowing that I couldn't feed once I got there knowing that people would talk to me I didn't leave the house a lot but the biggest thing that when parents will probably tell you if you ever ask one about what their challenge is, the people that well-meaning and totally wonderful want to come and ask you if they're twins. The first time it happens, you're like, yes, they are. Look at my beautiful babies. And then the second, third and fourth time, all on that same visit around the supermarket, you're like, okay, but I've just got to get rid of them and get out of here before somebody 
completely <laughs> erupts into hysterics and it might be me so watch out so yeah baby car seat capsule cover things godsend because people especially when you've got one of those babies that's really friendly to yeah. people and wants to smile and coo at them oh, man you've got to put that one on the bottom side <laughs> of the buggy so that so they can't be seen see them yeah and you can just go straight through yeah <laughs> so there's lots of planning and getting out of the house and sometimes it's just not worth it so make your house the home base and invite people up to see you unless you're friends with other twin parents in which case go to a centralized location and all collapse on the floor and hopefully someone else has got the wet wipes that you inevitably forgot <laughs> can I just ask you you've mentioned how difficult it can be to go out and mm. so it is easier to stay home you also mentioned that actually you're someone that's usually on the go and obviously yeah. you couldn't be especially not in those early days was that some of the struggle that you mentioned earlier yeah absolutely I think with both of the boys when they were born I was one of those mums that they were five days old and I was like I just want to get out and show everyone my baby I want to get back into the world and I want to go to the park and do all these things I really wanted to be out and about I get a bit stir crazy at home and newborns sleep so much although they're difficult especially at night they're quite static during the day and you need something for your own sanity I think so yeah I did definitely feel like a little bit of a prisoner in my house and people offer to help but I don't know if it's a Kiwi thing or just a me thing but I'm not good at accepting it I say oh yeah you can but then people come over and I make them a cup of tea and start hosting them instead of just going oh yeah I'll go to bed while you do this shall I thank you thank you for the offer I'm going yeah, to take it yeah yeah something we talk about in, in our antenatal classes a lot is put a list on your fridge of everything that you need done from make me a cup of tea to folding the laundry or mopping the bathroom floor and then when people say can I do something to help instead of having to say yeah can you mop my bathroom floor you can go look there's a list on the fridge of things that I desperately need help with if you want to do something off that that's awesome and then people go to that list and they go that cheeky girl I'm not going to mop her bathroom floor but I will make her a cup of tea and then some people go I'm going to mop her bathroom floor I'm going to fold her laundry I'm going to and they'll do it all and you're just like, oh, thank you so much. That's really incredible. Yeah, definitely having that helped in terms of having people come over to the house because I didn't feel like, oh my gosh, there's laundry everywhere and it's horrendous. The place is a mess and I'm going to have to clean it up. And yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah, like you said, there, there is that challenge of being at home when you're busy and then looking around and going, but I don't really have the capacity to actually clean my house or do anything. And I might even be stuck in this feeding pillow up to an hour and a half and it was really tough and I ended up with quite bad anxiety and the thought of leaving the house gave me horrendous panic attacks but also the thought of my partner leaving and being home all day was like equally terrifying of how am I going to do this there were definitely days that I wore earmuffs so I could hear the babies crying but it just didn't quite pierce inside me and I got very good at those little life hacks <laughs> that, that just keep you going a friend encouraged me to join a gym and I said are you nuts and she was like no not so you can work out but this gym has a crash and a steam room so oh, I would take those twins you pay two dollars for your crash and you've paid for the gym membership obviously which I think was about ten dollars a week and I'd drop the babies off at the crash and I go and have a shower 
have a steam room and then nap, literally nap in the changing rooms for 20 minutes. Yeah, it was, it's a laugh now. I think at the time it felt incredibly desperate and sad, but, but it is a laugh now and it did get me through. So you get very good at finding those little moments to sleep. And I just used to fantasize about somebody coming around and saying, you're allowed to sleep all day and I'll look after them. Oh, please, someone just drive around with a bus and I'll just sleep on the bus. <laughs> we'll go and pick up all the mums that need sleep in Wellington and it'll be great. And everyone can just have a nap in their little tour bus bunk bed. <laughs> oh, speaking of sleep, obviously mm. that's something that's very important. It's something that all parents struggle with at some stage. And I can only presume that's more so with twins. So yeah. how do you manage looking after your own sleep? Yeah, I was trying to think about this before I came here because it's what everyone wants to know. Trying to think of a positive spin on it. You are not going to get a lot of sleep. It's just not going to happen. For me, like I ended up seeing specialised maternal mental health for for perinatal depression and anxiety. But I remember being in the room with the counsellor and saying, I don't think I'm depressed. I just am tired. And I feel like if someone just lets me sleep for a couple of days, I'll be back to normal. So I just need sleep. And they're like, unable to help you with that so they're like how about breathing techniques and grounding techniques and those are helpful in moments of panic but it doesn't solve the sleep issue mm-hmm. so somebody got me a voucher for a postnatal doula which I had never even heard about before this and this fairy godmother angel woman came to my house and chatted to me and she made me a cup of tea she insisted on making me a cup of tea and sat down and talked to me for a bit and got to know me and then helped me to have a successful tandem feed where they're both really full, they're both well burped, helped me to put them down, both babies down to sleep, which is a tricky thing because you can't put them both down at the same time. Mm. You've got to choose one and then the other. But having somebody else to be that second pair of hands so you get one-to-one so you can settle your one and put it down. They went to sleep and then she said, you go to sleep. We know that they're not going to need to be fed for a couple of hours. So just go to sleep. And I'll come and get you if I need you. But if you're here crying and I'm not coming to get you, then don't worry, I've got it. And I didn't, and I went to sleep, and I had a tiny little tear, but then I had the best sleep of my life and got up and she folded my washing and the babies were up, but happily playing on the floor, which they never do for me. It was just a total reset. I think not enough people know about what a postnatal doula is. And that is something you can have some of them We'll do night nannying so they'll come in overnight and just help you get back into routine and they tailor all these packages and, and that's it, the time when a yeah, lot of parents really the night time right yeah. yeah and I think when you get really ratty with your partner and think yeah you get up no you get up and, and it's really tough I have to say that having twins is so different to having singletons in terms of my expectation of my partner mm-hmm. to get up and do stuff because I'm thinking I've only got these two hands and I haven't slept all day either. That sleep when the baby sleeps doesn't happen unless you've miraculously managed to get both babies to sleep on the same schedule. And the answer is call in whatever cavalry you need to be able to get it. And yeah, postnatal doulas are a thing. They're a cost thing, which is sad. I wish that there was subsidy for that to get some help. But if you're looking for a baby shower, gift or your family saying how can we help you crowdfund so to have a couple I only had I think two or three sessions with the doula that came and helped me but 
it was transformational. It was at strategic points where I was like, I have to sleep now or someone's going to go completely insane and it will probably be me. (laughs) And I remember driving around a lot, but you don't want to be driving when you're tired. Yeah. And then if they give you anti-anxiety medication, it can make you sleepy as well. You need to keep yourself safe. Yeah, you're battling it all the time. But yeah, join a playgroup, join something like that with another supportive group of parents where you can go, I really need a nap and someone will let you just nap on the couch for 15 minutes. And I think we should normalize that Mm. for everybody. And certainly once we had a twin play group up and running, if parents came and were looking a bit, say, just close your eyes for a minute. It's okay. That and caffeine, (laughs) which is not helpful for breastfeeding at all. But uh, yeah, sometimes you got to do what you got to do to get through. You mentioned your expectation of your partner how from your experience because you've obviously been supporting parents of multiple children for quite some time now generally how have dads coped I think so many of the dads that show up to antenatal classes are really engaged and usually they have more questions than mum oh I want to know all the ins and outs I need to understand all of the medical information so on the whole they're quite involved in a way that I hadn't anticipated and maybe that's just a sign of the times and maybe dads are like that across the board now but they are really involved and and we definitely have a focus on empowering them to step up and take some of that from if your baby's going to be in NICU maybe you want to consider taking your paternity leave when you leave NICU because they're taking care of in that space wait until you can support mum when they get home and get to know your babies and connect with them you can feed them and you can sit in the lovely pillow and this is how you might hold them and these are what carriers work better for dads because they have a different body shape Mm. and so they don't have the hips to hold them up so there's lots of conversations like that we have and I think dads on the whole are quite excited about the possibility of getting involved and going back to the sleep thing I've said to so many couples a twin parent told me this and said give each other a day on the weekend where you get to sleep in and I think that goes for parents of single babies as well as one of you get Saturday and one of you get Sunday and maybe it's 9 30 or 10 o'clock in the morning that you cap it at it's fine but up till then if it's your day to be up you do not wake that other parent you do everything in your power you go to the park you take them outside do something go and sit in the car if you need to but let that other person have their sleep in because the effort that you put into making sure that person gets good sleep, they'll then put back into you tomorrow and it starts to develop a culture of giving rather than trying to steal time off one another. Mm-hmm. But you know, you've had that, so I deserve this. It's far more, I'm going to make your sleep in awesome because then you'll do it for me tomorrow. And I think that helped us. We did it up until they were probably one and a half or nearly two and having that reset on the weekend on a Friday when you're like man it's been a long week you're like Saturday's my day and I'm just I'm going to get that sleep then and that will be fantastic yeah can I ask what solo parents (laughs) and those moments right in the evenings early mornings I genuinely think we all take our hats off to anyone doing it on their own because they're just pushing through those people are just pushing through I have a very good friend who's solo parenting twins who are one and has been doing it on her own since they were fairly young she gets whatever help she can when she can get it and the rest of the time she's exhausted she's tired all the time and I don't think that there is a solution to that I don't think we're set up for that which I guess sounds a bit depressing but yeah she just takes whatever help she can so if anybody knows 
of a twin parent is specifically if they're on their own or doing it on their own for long periods of time offer to help go and put that person to bed and you might have to be quite like forceful if that person is busy like they say no I'm giving you permission to sleep and you just need to sleep and I'm taking these kids to the park and it's going to be okay and I'm going to give them the confidence that you'll be fine with them but I, yeah genuinely those people doing it on their own and fathers that are doing it on their own honestly I just admire them completely for the effort that they must be putting in it's about us as a society all coming together to to be there for those people and, and recognizing that they're doing the hard yards I think let's now move on to when twins get a little bit older but yeah. when they're growing up what challenges might be faced as they grow I think from the get-go there's a certain element of guilt about not getting to know them individually it can be quite a strain for me at least you think I just want to know who you are without this other one that needs me. And then I want to get to know you without this other one that's crying. And so you're constantly trying to balance things between them and comparing the time that you're spending with each of them and how you're getting to know them. You're constantly worried about, do I like you more? Or do I I think any parent that doesn't say that (laughs) about them is probably lying a little bit because you do you compare everything and then you're constantly trying to not compare them because you want them to be individuals some of that challenge is finding time to spend with them one-on-one for us when the girls started at kindy they were having some interesting friend dynamics at kindy one of them is has a more dominant personality and tends to be the one that's like these are all my friends and the other one's quite happy doing her own thing but would quite like friends to not be taken away to to do something else they they had a bit of tension there and we ended up having them split up for a day each at kindy I was lucky to be working from home and so I could have one day with each of them and that was really nice to be able to get to know each of them on their own terms but it was the first time when they were three years old that I'd had one-on-one apart from maybe like a doctor's visit here or there you just spend quality time with one child so yeah, it's a challenge for parents trying to balance that out, make sure that each of them have their own time, but also to, yeah, just feel like your child on their own terms and separate of the other person. I think parents of identical twins feel that even more strongly because there's such a sense of I want you to have your own identity and be a separate person and I want you to feel empowered. And so yeah, you want yourself to know them as individuals so yeah that's one of the challenges and then a lot of people ask what do we do when they get to school do we put them in the same class or do we separate them I know that multiple New Zealand organized a webinar thing with a twin parent who was also a teacher talking about some different scenarios and I think the general advice is start them off together and see what that looks like for the first six months or year depending on when your children start throughout the year And then each year kind of reassess, like, do you need some time to shine this year on your own? Or do you perhaps need a bit more sort of codependent stuff going on? But it's a tension that I imagine we're only at that first year of that. And I imagine that every year it's an added layer of what do you need? And sometimes one will need the other one, but the other one will want to be on their own. So it's just a balancing act all the time and assessing it because they are a unit it's such a joy when they play together I have to say that we talk about the challenges and the struggles so much but it's the greatest privilege of my life to 
to be able to parent these two people and see how they interact with one another and see how close they are and sometimes how much they absolutely want to tear each other's hair out. But it's just like their own little club and you get to be a VIP in their club and it's just this really cool thing. It's just a constant balance of each other's needs in a way that I didn't quite have with singletons who are at different life stages. So you're expecting the challenges to be different. You can tailor a little bit more. For parents that are expecting twins or just had twins, where can they, you've mentioned Multiples New Zealand. Yeah, Multiples New Zealand is the umbrella. And by joining a local club, you become a member of Multiples New Zealand. So you get on the Facebook page, there's retailer discounts to get things like brands and nappies and clothes and yeah. Yeah, really help when pressed financially because you've now got to buy two of everything. But joining the local clubs is where you get that real value of forming connections with your community and being able to hire equipment. Some of them will have breast pumps. Some of them will do clothing grabs. We get donated heaps of clothes. It's amazing. And so at Wellington, at least, we just say, come in and fill a bag and you can just go and get a whole heap of baby clothes for free. And yeah, playgroups and coffee mornings and social events and all sorts of things to really form that community of people that just... I feel like I know every set of twins in Wellington at this point because it is so tight-knit and even if you're not a join a club person which I think a lot of people go oh I don't want to be in a club I think it's just as a community and even if all you ever do is go to the antenatal class that's part of your membership and then just lurk on the Facebook pages and read other people's sort of questions and see the answers you've got value out of it so yeah joining the local club and if it's a cost that you are struggling with talking to the club lots of them have really good ways of getting around that or making sure that you can join up so yeah form community and ask for a postnatal doula voucher for your baby shower present and put the list on your fridge (laughs) so that anyone that comes over and wants to hold your babies has to do something Pretty good tips, I have to say. So for mm-hmm. people that don't know much about doulas, there's some websites you can go to. We'll have someone on the show in the next few weeks who is a doula. We'll explain that in a little bit more detail. The list on the fridge, yeah. not something I'd ever thought about, but great. And, and you don't have to think about it anymore either because it's just, it's there. So it's out yeah. of your brain and it's... That goes for anyone that's just had a baby, even if it's one baby. I absolutely put the list on the fridge because mm-hmm. we're not good at asking for help in this country. Thank you so much for your time yeah. today, Georgie. You've, well, you've given me a bit of insight into what it's like. I knew it would be challenging, yeah. uh, amazing, joyful, yeah. but also... Yeah, it comes with its challenges. I think for those that don't have twins, if you see a mum out there or a dad, a parent out there that's got two, instead of saying, oh, you've got your hands full or you look really tired, just give them a thumbs up and don't talk to them at all. Just be like, I see you. And then just keep walking. (laughs) Just don't stop them. That's my last piece of advice. Hey, thank you so much for your time today. We look forward to catching up again soon. Yay. Thanks. This is the Parental Wellbeing Podcast. My name is Sharina Vassan. Thanks for joining me in learning how to more effectively care for ourselves while we take care of our families.